Welcome everyone to another episode of the CrossFit Bath podcast. This week I am joined by the lovely Sophie from Massage RX. Hello Sophie, how are you? I'm really well. Thank you very much for inviting me on. I'm very happy to have you here and I'm very excited to talk about Massage RX, about looking after ourselves, about a whole load of other things. But before I do that, before I'd even let you start, you know how important it is that we warm up. So yes. Of course, I have some classic warm-up questions as f- as well as a few few little special ones sprinkled in just for you. Okay. First question, simple one, peanut butter, crunchy or smooth? So I knew that you'd be asking me this. My problem is that I don't actually eat peanut butter. But does that does that make me a bad person? <laughs> it it's two in a row. This is incredible. We've really? got we've gone from we had a a spattering of smooth yeah. A long run of crunchy, are you crazy? Yeah. And now two in a row of don't eat peanut butter. Yeah, I'm really sorry. I don't. So almond butter I'll eat, but I don't tend to eat peanut butter. There you go. I'm pretty sure last week they said the same. They said Al- <laughs> if they if they have to, I think it was a bit more, if I have to have a nut butter, it will be almond. But yeah, I, I mean, to be honest, I eat very little peanut butter compared to the, the rest of the people. I don't even know why this is a question. It became a question and we run with it. That's why yeah. it's a question. Speaking of run with it, that's a beautiful segue. So at the moment in lockdown, we're all kind of just trying to get out and get a little bit of exercise, aren't we? Yeah. What is your preference to go for a run, bike ride? I will throw in a walk as well. (laughs) I have a feeling I know the answer. So I, I really enjoy a bike ride. So I've really enjoyed riding since lockdown one. Got super into road riding. But having gone out on Christmas Day and I'm fairly certain I caused myself some kind of collateral damage by freezing both my hands. I decided at that point it's just too cold for cycling. So now I'm doing my my preference is definitely walking. I'm doing a lot of walking. And if anyone wants to see these exciting walks, <laughs> can follow you on Strava or Instagram. And uh, Yeah, there they are. They're very well curated. I'll put it that way. Yeah, it's become a thing. Yes. I spend a lot of time taking photos and then putting them all together. It's very enjoyable. So I hate cycling. I really struggle with it. And I just recently got a bike for the first time in oh, maybe 10 years or so. Uh, but I, like you, I'm like, it's a bit too icy. It's a bit too cold. I'm just, yeah. so I'm, I'm back on the runs or, or walking, but mostly, mostly running. Yeah, I, I'm finding the walking incredible just because... It's far less intimidating. That moment when you're trying to put your trainers on and go out the door and go for a run and you spend like 15 minutes doing literally nothing, just putting off the inevitable. I'm really happy to stick my welly boots on and go and splash in puddles. I think this, the, the five-year-old me is coming out several many years later. <laughs> if it works, it works. Hey, that's yeah. the, the important thing. Now, speaking of massage, we, yes. we, we weren't, but I'm looking at you and there's a big sign above your head that says massage. So speaking yeah. of massage... Now, for many, they would consider going to get a massage the the ultimate form of relaxation. Okay. Admittedly, not a sports massage. They've clearly not had that, but a nice relaxing massage. So yeah. my question for you is, what is the ultimate relaxation activity or thing that you would like to do? Ah, okay. So this is something that I actually speak to a lot. I'd say almost all of my clients about um and so it's meditation meditation 
breathing, so breath work, anything that allows us to downregulate our central nervous system and just enter a trance state. The other one that's magical is, um, and I can't do it at the moment, but I'm a massive fan of reflexology. So then that's facilitated re relaxation and that's incredible. Anything that allows, yeah, just my whole body to zen out and do that daydreaming, I'm, I'm a big fan of. It's, it's interesting because this is a question that I had no idea what your answer would be. I yeah. could, could, you know, so it's been quite interesting just to hear. It's you, usually you kind of got an idea. Do you know what? It's these questions, it's the warm up questions that I was the most nervous about because I was like, oh my God, what am I going to say about peanut butter? <laughs> but you see, I love that because it means you listen. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, then you know what the next question is going to be. And that is, Sophie, who would play you in a movie? Okay, right. I've done a lot of thinking about this and it goes back to my days when I was working in elite sport and somebody who I was working with said, oh, if there's ever a movie about you, you've got to have Anne Hathaway play you. And I'm like, oh, great. So I'll just take that as my answer. So I'm going with Anne Hathaway. I think she's like a well-rounded, solid human being that I think she'd probably do a reasonable job of it. Oh, she'd do a reasonable job, would she? Reasonable okay. Job, yeah. So if we can't get anyone, Anne Halfway will do. <laughs> uh, yeah. I like it. And I love that there was so much thought that's gone into it. It's it's another one of those great questions that I get to ask other people. And yeah. then I'm kind of like, don't really have to think about it for myself, which is nice. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, so um, you need to be asked the question yourself. I have been asked the question. I've even given an answer. Oh, we're we're yeah. like 61 episodes in now people so you can go back and try and find where i've said this on the podcast i will on one of my walks i'll just be there going i found it yay yeah, just a little treasure hunt for everyone there yeah. you go so warm-up is out of the way i feel good now i mean we've we've both gone on long walks today anyway so we are both actually warmed up but yeah. now now we're warmed up for a podcast which is arguably more important i suppose before we jump into the different topics i i know Quite a number of people listening to this will know you either from uh, maybe your time at the bridge or from Sid and seeing you there yeah. and uh, on the, I was going to say on the floor, but kind of on the floor in a different capacity to perhaps <laughs> other people that were on the floor. Yes. But uh, I think that makes sense. But very, very briefly then, just if anybody doesn't know who you are or what you do, who are you? <laughs> what do you do? Um, who, who, who are you? Right. So I run, I'm the owner of Massage RX and we provide basically athlete services at large CrossFit competitions and functional fitness racing competitions. So we spend our time piecing together people that have had a magical time on the, uh, the competition floor, but have kind of broken themselves. So we almost just spend our time doing a bit of tea and sympathy and then doing what we can to make them feel magical before they go off for their next ward. When we're not doing competitions, I run clinic and um, I just look after people who really like using their body. Uh, the vast majority of the people that I look after are CrossFit athletes, but then I have lots of rugby players and netballers and uh, some MMA athletes and all sorts coming through. So anything, I'm a movement specialist. And so anything to do with human movement and getting people to feel and move better, that's that's kind of what Massage RX do. Nice. So it's interesting because I know, I know there's the sort of stereotype about CrossFitters and how they just go and injure themselves and they're always broken to that. Yeah. Which I know you've told me off air, that, yeah. you know that sin of speaking off air that actually you think that you well you told me and I didn't have all the information that you've just given me now that compared yeah. to a lot of the other athletes you treat 
yeah. crossfitters look after themselves pretty well. Yes. And then you've mentioned rugby players and MMA fighters. And I'm like, yes. okay, that makes sense. But take it to a completely different page, golfers. It's, so when you look at cross, we as, as CrossFit athletes, we look at ourselves and want to improve ourselves. And so then we look at things in more detail. So we've almost got, um, it's almost like a, a very low level OCD where it's kind of like, okay, I really want to be able to improve my front rack. Why won't my front rack improve? How, what's it? So then we have this body awareness, which is really, really good. Um, but for me, um, I know, or at least my point of view is that movement creates musculoskeletal problems. A lot of times when you go to a GP or you go somewhere, they're telling you that the musculoskeletal problem creates the movement dysfunction, but it's the other way around. We, I know that movement creates problems. So by moving, it will create a problem, but that problem is not necessarily an injury. And so for a CrossFit athlete, we do gymnastics, we do weightlifting, we do metcons, we do running. Actually, I was thinking that um, one of the open workouts really ought to be a 10K walk for time. I'm down for that massively. But we use our body in tons of different ways. So we're not just working on, we're not working as just a gymnast or just something. So that movement creates problems. And those problems are low level. Whereas if I look at a, a rugbyist or a, they, they, they will have major collisions that create really quite significant problems that then are chronic and they're long term. Whereas our stuff tends to be small dysfunctions that if we're able to resolve and improve movement patterns, that then allows us to A, put bigger numbers on our, our lifts but it also reduces our injury risk overall. So yeah, CrossFit athletes are, we are far from being injury prone. We're far more likely to be functionally capable. There you go. We need to, we'll cut that out. We'll just <laughs> broadcast that everywhere probably. Yeah. But that's, that's really good. But, yeah. but what I like as well is that obviously, I mean, on the one side of things, on the competition floor yeah. is, is a slightly different story, obviously, because I know I am definitely not throwing down in a standard wad anywhere nearly as intense as somebody who is going to a competition yeah. because they are trying to win and potentially win a ticket to the games and yes, and yes, they've yes. got you know their sponsorship money on the line and potentially yes. a prize person and arguably they're going to push slightly harder than I do when I've you know worked all day and now I've just come in to do a workout in the evening to feel a little bit better about myself yeah. so obviously that's that is the one side of it but then you've said that you don't just deal with that kind of high-end athlete, but also people like me. There we go. The lowest of the low. <laughs> it's all entirely relative. It's all entirely relative. So my my max out is still my max out. So if I look at um, Stefano Sanga and say, what's his max out? His max out is his max. So we're, we're, it's all relative. The thing that is the biggest eye-opener for me is looking after the elite guys and girls they have human bodies and they have exactly the same problems as you and I. So I can treat Rich Froning and he's standing in front of me with a knee problem that is very similar to a knee problem that I've seen from somebody at the box on a regular basis. And I'm there going, these are all very similar, yet it's somebody that I'm there kind of fangirling over. 
the person in my box, obviously, not Rich yes, Froning. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, obviously. I, 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 know, I know you really had to suffer through treating Rich Froning at Sid. And it's obviously, <laughs> you were a little bit annoyed that he was, you know, in front of some of the, the locals that you really wanted to work yeah. on. Yeah, but... honestly, he, he, uh, he skipped the queue really successfully. <laughs> unbelievable i i you know we'll, we'll end this podcast now yes yeah i know it's <laughs> very i did like that when you interrupt you know theoretically i could treat rich froning and then yes like, i did treat rich froning <laughs> yes yeah but do you know what um i am waiting for the moment that he's on a podcast where he does mention you know i was really i got treated by sophie warner yeah when they'd be like ha how did you guys pull it off? Because it looked like you were struggling at Sid. You know, you were kind of really fighting, especially that, that first day it didn't go yeah. as well. Everyone expected you to just walk away with it, but it was really yeah. a push. But then it looked like towards the back half of the competition, you'd really picked up. Things were going a lot better. What's your secret? And he's like, well, let me tell you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got this massage, changed my life. See, that would be magical. I wish that would happen. That would be lovely. So I, I'm just going to imagine that did happen, actually. I'm just going to go and live that life anyway. <laughs> we'll see. If, if we ever get him on the podcast, we'll make it happen. Yeah, if when. When, yeah, when yeah. you get him on the podcast. When I get him on the podcast. When he begs to come on the podcast, exactly. we'll, we'll make that happen. O obviously, we, we've all seen the memes and the jokes about how, you know, chiropractors or something like that trying to, oh, the, you started CrossFit. And then they're like, the you know, haha, the money's coming in. And yeah. you said, oh, I'm at competitions, treating CrossFitters, this and that. But actually, you yourself... Yeah. Are, dare I say it, a crossfitter, right? Yeah. Is that... yeah. So before we talk about the the massage side of things and the self care and 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 the the topics that probably interest people the most, but that's not true. We we're more interested in knowing about you. So how did you first get into CrossFit? How did you discover CrossFit? Why? So I used to be a netballer. I went to my. Uh, it's, it's a local, a really lovely local gym that's just a. a privately owned gym um, in Corsham and I went in there and spoke to Will the owner and said that I've been told that I'm willowy <laughs> so I was told I was too willowy at playing netball I was just like I'm very long I'm quite tall and um, I was like I need you to stop me from being willowy and uh, so I started training with him and it must have been after two or three sessions he said right so I was on the rowing machine doing like a 2k for time or something miserable and um, he's like passed me his phone and said I need you to look at this and this, so this would have been so 2010 2011 so no it's early in that 2000 and well it's, only, it's really early on so he showed me this video of basically CrossFit athletes doing CrossFit stuff and he said I think you ought to do this and so I looked back at him as if to say are you mental have you seen what they're doing and have you not just, have you not heard that I'm willowy yes, <laughs> you know? yes I'm willowy yeah so um that then became I then started using CrossFit and following like the CrossFit linchpin workouts and doing and then um Will at first step would he would program for me like his own absolutely horrific wads and then I found, so I was using CrossFit as my accessory to my netball. And my accessory was basically to make myself stronger and more injury proof and less willowy. Then I found that actually I was doing more CrossFit than I was my netball. My netball improved unbelievably. I got to the stage where I was walking onto court and my, my opposite number, my opposition would just kind of look me up and down as if to say, oh my God. God, what have you been doing? So I wasn't willowy anymore, but I was solid. 
And um, so at that point, I recognized how much CrossFit was actually contributing to my performance. And then um, it just kind of went on from there and I've never looked back. I then left that lovely gym and joined CrossFit Bath. We used to do the ladies ward, but it took me on, I think it was Wednesday morning, um, but it took me so much time to get from Corsham after the school run into Bath that I always, I stood out the, outside the door a couple of times knowing that if I went through the door, I would get a burpee penalty. And at that point I got back in the car and went home. <laughs> just to avoid the burpee penalty. So when the bridge opened, I was like, oh, that's magical. So I joined the bridge and yeah, and then I've now joined CrossFit Chippenham because they opened up at basically the end of my road and was, I, I can't not go to the gym that's at the end of my road. Otherwise David Attenborough would be on the phone going, you are ruining the planet. You can't just travel to Trowbridge just to see your friends i'm like oh well i would like to my takeaway from this is yeah. very it's very interesting is that apparently there's no burpee penalties at the bridge that must be the reason you decided to go there <laughs> you, you can read it that way i'm reading it another way uh, <laughs> and the potentially the best excuse i've ever heard for betraying the bridge is yes. my carbon footprint yes. so that's i mean okay i i mean i'm not going to argue with that am i how can well, I take it up with David Attenborough and I'm sure that yeah fine when, he, when he's on the thigh. podcast I'll get... <laughs> <laughs> when he comes on after Rich I'll get him and, and we'll, yeah. we'll have a chat about this yeah do that <gasps> excellent so no longer willowy I like That's... yes no I'm no longer I hope not I, I I could go back to the coach and find out whether I am still willowy but I don't I don't really want to do that in case I am I'll be heartbroken I just I mean, there's so many great quotes on this episode already um, <laughs> I'm just sad that we didn't go on longer about the problem with golfers because then if Shax was listening it would have just been the, ice, yes. the icing as, on the cake as soon as those words came out of my mouth I'm like oh god Shax Shax is gonna have a, he's, he's gonna have a say on this but actually Shax is awesome because he he undoes the damage that golf creates by being in a single rotation plane so yeah he's he's look he's a little magician see i was hoping we you know we pile on shacks and in the end we <laughs> we praised him that's not what I, that's not what i wanted to happen at all unbelievable oh, i'm sorry so that's that's your history that's how that's a really nice brief history actually you've run through that very well very concise <laughs> perfect for your biography um and easy for Anne hathaway to um <laughs> to learn all the lines so that would be good Yes, yes, good old Anne. <laughs> is she willowy? That's the question that the, the casting agents are asking, apparently. Oh, I don't know. I wouldn't like to comment. So going now into, I, I guess first I'd ask, how did Massage RX start? That would be a good question. Okay, so I my background is movement. So I used to be a personal trainer. I used to work for England Netball, so way back when, England Netball, England Netball coach, used to deliver England Netball training courses and upskilling coaches to learn how to teach kids to move and all sorts. So really got into my movement stuff there and just looking at how people got injured, basically. I then went and worked for Netball Super League. So I worked up at Team Bath, up at Bath University and was heavily involved with Super League. And I was really... I was so lucky to work with lots of physios, but two incredible physios that were very much based around movement. Um, so I learned loads from Beanish Kamal and uh, a guy called Nick Cleverton, who is next, 
I want to say ballerina, but that's the female version. But he he's a, a ballerinist. I'm not sure. But for the Royal Ballet, so incredible, like nose, hips, ankles, knees, joints, all of it. He's incredible. And so I got the opportunity to work with them. And that took me down the route of becoming a personal trainer and then doing my strength and conditioning qualifications um, up at the university with a guy called Tim Lawrenson, who his understanding of biomechanics and movement was just exceptional. And so at that point, I then brought all this together and was like, I really like the idea of corrective exercise and looking to improve biomechanics to enable people to access better performance. So I brought that into my PT practice and my S&C work and then realized that I was outsourcing about 75 to 80% of my clients were going to a soft tissue therapist, basically with a shopping list saying, um, dear soft tissue therapist, can you sort out this, 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 and this for my client? And then can you do such and such? And I was like, this is daft because I'm giving away my, not giving away my clients, but I'm, I'm telling somebody else what to do. I ought to just go away and learn what I want. So I then retrained again and, um, became a soft tissue therapist and then just applied all my biomechanical and movement screening and corrective exercise work to the soft tissue work and combining it all together then allowed me to kind of make a difference but the bit that was really important for me is I had all this experience from elite sports and understanding working with female athletes that are on Sky Sports day in day out and they are surrounded by this whole system, this whole framework that looks after their, their mental health, that looks after their nutrition, that looks after their rehab, their prehab, their everything was surrounded around creating this team environment and this individual that can perform to their very best. And then I'm looking at the sport that I'm involved in and that I love, and I'm seeing these athletes that are performing incredibly at regionals when we had regionals back then, and I'm there going, but you have no, you've got, you've got no nutrition support. You've got no, you've got no movement specialist. You've got no, all that support function that enables somebody to absolutely fly. None of that, all of that was missing. So the elite support, uh, elite sport infrastructure is just completely missing in our very uh, sort of new sport that's coming through from a CrossFit perspective. So at that point, I realized that if we were able, so I had lovely conversations with Ollie Mansbridge in the early days, and I still have these sort of sort of these ideas where I'm like, I want to create an athlete services in a competition setting that allows individuals to downregulate their nervous system in between CrossFit wads that then allows them to then really smash the next workout and perform at their very best but bring in everything to so have a bit of nutrition have a bit of um, psychology and have just everything so that in a competition setting you go away not just having had an amazing time at the competition but you go away being a better athlete at the end of it and the conversations I have with individuals from all across the UK and Europe and some guys from over in America the conversations I have with people when they're on the plinth and all my therapists do it's amazing because you really really connect and you get the opportunity to just open doors and ask questions about stuff that they may or may not have already thought about and it just made me realize that there is this huge opportunity to help people perform better and that's kind of where Massage Direct was 
RX was born from like bringing the elite sport services back down into the wonderful place that is CrossFit. I think if I'm if I kind of break down some of the elements of what, what you said that I found quite kind of interesting, like looking at it from my point of view as again like not an elite athlete. You are an elite athlete. Am I? I'm, yeah. I'm elite for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, what I mean is, or what I think is interesting is, is you're absolutely right. Like you see these people that have because that's that's often what we say, isn't it? When people are like, oh well, why can't I look like him or why can't I be as good as that person? You're like, well, do you realise that they have a team of people that make them look like that or perform like that? you yeah. don't have that uh, yeah. and it's interesting how you kind of already like initially you you started to form that team within yourself by retraining and being like well hold on instead of sending it away to this person and that yeah. person having how much of this can I do myself which obviously will be you know better because there's not even that kind of miscommunication or someone sort of saying oh they said that mm, I disagree actually I think maybe this is better so you kind of brought as much in as, as you can uh, but then you're as you said, sort of bringing that, because when you look at the like now uh, where we are with CrossFit and you look at the elite and the elite of the elite, yeah. they all have a team. Like you, you notice that, that you started to notice that trend, didn't you? At sort of the games that you'd be like, oh, this person suddenly got themselves a running coach and now they're actually yeah. beating everyone in, in, a, in any wad that's got running. And this one got themselves a swim coach and this one's yeah. got someone doing their nutrition. And you see that the, the, the real tip of the spear are going out and finding these people but quite yeah. often as well you hear that yeah I've got this remote coach that's living over here and then I've got this one living over there and it's quite a it's not quite the smooth running machine that perhaps as you said somebody who's you see on Sky Sports that has all of that kind of yes. team yes. working for them because of the club that they're associated with or the you know the team or or, yeah. or whatever but what I also think is is interesting from again, and you're going to say you are an athlete, but from my perspective as someone who's not an elite athlete, is that it's one thing to look at elite athletes and say, well, they need all of that so that they can perform really well at their sport. But when you think about it, like at the end of the day, really, who cares if somebody performs well at their sport? That's just it's just a sport. It's just a game. It's just it's not. Isn't it more important that you perform well in life? <laughs> so having those, you know, maybe you don't need all of those same elements to the same degree but mm -hmm. you still need all of those different elements in place so you can function well in your life yeah you're not having to win a, a competition but you do have to do all the kind of things that you need to do just yeah. to function as a functional human being in this yeah. society so i think that kind of bringing it down and being so yeah we treat the you know the athletes and, and their needs but also okay you're not an athlete but you have the same needs and i can also help you yeah. I think that's really kind of it makes it something that we think oh actually I could get that you know I can have that same help even though yeah. I'm not at that same level so you don't yeah yeah but you don't need to be at that same level because it's the stuff that we do outside of CrossFit that causes the problems so it's the actions and the activities that we do just on a day-to-day -day basis so sitting at a desk sitting at a car, standing with a child on your hip and doing some cooking. It's those activities or like always sitting on the edge of your chair or always sitting with your wallet in your pocket. It's these little things that actually they cause the problem that we feel when we are doing our what, when we're at the box. So I'm all about looking at our movement habits and if I can fix, if I can get you standing up from your chair in a, 
in a way that protects your knees always it's that repetitive motion over time that you're standing up from your armchair whatever it might be if I can get that better that's going to help you with your thrusters and burpees and it's it's those little things so it's not about the so the elite guys they're lucky that they might not so there's a like a small handful of people that don't have to work during the day but in CrossFit, even the top people are working full-time jobs and it's a full-time, we have to undo the work, undo the problems that are created by our full-time jobs. So, and that then, that completely levels the playing field. So it doesn't matter what your friend time is. We are all the same in that we're trying to rob Peter to pay Paul. And it's our everyday movements that create the problems when we go back to the box. One day, please let us back in the box. <laughs> that, that's interesting as well, because I think when I've had a bit of work done <laughs> to, you yeah. know, to try and fix this broken shell that I inhabit, speaking with them, like, like how many more times, how many more sessions do you think I need or how's it doing? And one of the things I was like, well, how long did it take you to get into this situation? Yes, great answer. <laughs> Perfect answer. And you're like, oh, great. So that's 30 more years of massage, please. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's true, isn't it? And, and actually, I know for myself, like I have issues that I, I guess you could say sometimes I trigger yeah. while doing CrossFit. Yeah. But I know that the cause was not CrossFit that's that's yes. done it. And it's uh, and and more often than not, it's. A historic injury that I have yeah. or it's my work that puts a lot yeah. of stress on my shoulders and neck and things as well so I yeah. and I, I find that, that that actually if I don't go to the gym so I go in the evening and I've had people tell me it's like crazy that you go after doing like a 10 hour day of work physical work and then you go to the gym like like you've kind of done your exercise why do you go and I find if I don't go that's when the next day I'm feeling like extra stiff and things aren't okay. and actually I find kind of going through the movements of CrossFit yeah. in a in a wad almost loosens me up after a day of being like really tight yeah. while while working. Yeah. So um so I'm I'm all you know, I'm already I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm on this train, don't worry. I this is, this is amazing. Can I can I ask you a personal question? You can ask, will it make the edit? That's the second question, but you can ask <laughs> How old are you? I am 33. <laughs> okay, so you're 33. So if I gave you, I have this conversation quite regularly with clients. So if I gave you a 33-year-old, absolutely beautiful red Ferrari and said, here you go, this is yours. You can do with it what you like, but you've got two options. You can either drive it and sort of completely rant the backside off it um, you can only put the cheapest fuel in it and drive it a million miles an hour everywhere. So you'll probably only get two or three years use out of it, but you can just have the best time in it. Or you can put the best fuel in it. You can look after it. You can MOT it. You can service it. You can make sure it's got a nice environment to be kept in overnight and all the rest of it. And you can drive that beautiful, beautiful car for the rest of your life. So you've either got rip the arse off it, as your first option, but only for three years, or look after it and have it forever. Which would you choose if I gave you that Ferrari today? Oh, I mean, I know the choice that I should make, don't I? I <laughs> yeah, okay. Which one? Oh, yeah, okay. This could this could backfire on me, Matthew. Yeah, no, of of course I would. I would have to keep it. You know, I mean, 
I'd have to move house basically to have somewhere to park it where I yes. feel it was safe. <laughs> so this is it. So you would prioritize looking after this, right? But the, when we look at ourselves as a human body, we don't recognize that movement, just moving generally. So this isn't even going into sport, but moving generally creates problems it creates by moving you create problems that's not a bad thing it's more that just being aware of it and learning about your body so if yes you're so the person that you spoke to that said well how long how long has this problem been going on like that's the thing is it's regular just understanding what's going on and rectifying tiny so like minor minute minuscule dysfunction creates bigger problems going down down the line so I know just so uh, this isn't me so I haven't done the studying I've done the reading but this wasn't me doing the studying we know that just four degrees of medial hip rotation creates enough lesions inside your patella so in the back the the underside of your patella that little bit of internal rotation creates lesions that will lead or is the precursor to osteoarthritis. And that's a teeny tiny little anatomical dysfunction, but it's those small things that then add up to much, much bigger things. So by going and getting a little bit of work done or by going and getting a movement assessment and having someone say, okay, well, how are you standing up and sitting down? And to be fair, I'm not really that worried about when, when you're doing it. It's the repetitive stuff. So if you are a weightlifter and you really like a heavy squat, it's, it's so unusual. I don't think I've ever come across anybody who's given themselves a major injury, an acute injury, doing a single one rep max on a squat. It's really unusual. It's the high repetition stuff that creates the injuries. So it's when you then go into doing your thrusters and your burpees, but it's not the thrusters and the burpees. It's all the work that you've done previously as a librarian or whatever it is that you do. It's those minor little movement dysfunctions. If you can get those assessed, that's when you actually don't just look after yourself right now, but you're looking after yourself when you're 80. And that's super important. Wow, look at that. I mean, I, I like the I like the illustration of the car. I think <laughs> yeah. what's I think what's interesting about it is that you can you can kind of take it further, can't you? Because I think you're right that when we look when we think of our body, we just think of it as our body, kind of yeah. that one piece, yeah. uh, and we don't think of the multiple intrinsic little bits that make up our body. Uh, and it's similar with a car that, like, you know, I'm some I've, I've often said to a friend of mine how I just uh, cars are badly designed. And we've never really got we've never really got it because it, they are just designed that they break down. Like, yeah. you know, it's something that you have to keep constantly filled with oil because the nature of how it functions, yeah. everything is rubbing against things, hitting into things. And yeah. over time, that just wears away. Yeah. And we kind of accept that with cars and we know that, well, yeah, and it's not going to be the whole car, is it? It's going to be like this part that wears out even in the yeah. most expensive, fancy, you know, wonderful car. Still got tires they're wearing out all the time so it's so normal but then with your body you're kind of like well surely not <laughs> that's yeah. surely why? not surely not why would it but rel relatively speaking as soon as your car becomes a teenager you have to have an mot every year otherwise you can't drive the thing and so why, why don't we do that for ourselves I'd, I'd advocate for more than once a year to be fair but yes and if you fail you're not allowed to leave the house <laughs> <laughs> you are not allowed to throw down so oh, i i've got a couple of directions i want to take this now and i'm not okay. sure which one i'm not sure which one to go with first 
I think one we'll, we'll just mention then because talking of repetitive movements yeah. or or perhaps being you know as you said like well actually I I back squat a lot and I've really worked on my form and I know exactly how everything should be held in place and my back squat is very good and very solid and and I don't get injured yeah and that's great because when I go to the box and when I grab that heavy barbell and I do that back squat I'm fine yeah and then we tell you yeah you're not allowed to back squat now because all the gyms are closed so you lose that movement that you've got ingrained beautifully and you can perform very well yes but you've still got the fitness bug right you've still got to scratch that itch yeah so you decide to do some other form of fitness during this brief period of lockdown yeah that has run into quite a long period of Of lockdowns yes so I know you said to me um, when we were talking about maybe doing this episode that actually a lot of your kind of a lot of the the crossfitters are now finding uh, different issues because suddenly you know we're like I never run I will never run and now it's like I run every day because we've shifted our fitness into doing other things yeah so what are I mean how's that working and what are some of the kind of issues perhaps that people might be finding is quite common during this period of time then and then maybe we can think about how we could you know not just so we can point and laugh but so we can then say well and how might you address these issues okay so the big thing that um the big thing that I'm seeing a lot of is especially so you've talked about weightlifters and uh when we're doing back squats and going for the bigger numbers and what we're doing there is we're trying to create this we're, we're trying to create a, a neurological adaption so it's this intense neural drive whereby you're trying to get as many nerves to pick up as many um motor units as possible so i've got you've got this muscle huge amount of neural drive that's there so that means that you can shift that huge amount of weight for that one rep that two reps so now i'm allowed i'm my body as a crossfitter i've now created this environment where if you want to switch on that muscle the whole lot goes not just a little bit of it a lot of that muscle goes so you imagine my one rep max power is now being taken out for a 5k run and suddenly you've got somebody that has a lot of power that is doing a repetitive um so you've kind of got this unconscious activation that's happened and you're now going and that then creates all sorts of little problems whereby I need your ankle to work really well I need your knee to work really well I need for your hip to work really well so when you're just moving a big weight once you've got you've got quite a lot of stability there. We're all good to go. You'll kind of take a nice deep breath to create that sort of stability through your trunk and you're almost creating stiffness. But what the running requires us to do is have really good mobility. And so if an element of your running gait has, so if your knee has a little bit of a wobble, it's a teeny tiny little wobble, but that is now really super repetitive. So if I think about a 10K run or a 5K run, I'm effectively asking you to hop the two and a half K. And so when you're asking someone to hop that distance, it creates problems. I'm seeing lots of uh, tendinopathies, um, tendinitis, um, where basically we're going to this sort of high volume, repetitive stuff, moving away from maybe some of the stuff that we like doing at a gym. 
I don't know whether that answers the question particularly well, but we've kind of got all this power that we've generated and we're now going to stuff that's all body weight. Um, and it, it just creates niggles and discomfort and stuff that we're not used to. It does answer my question. I I am distracted because as soon as you said that, all I could think is, oh, next lockdown challenge is going to be a 5K hop, which will be be interesting to see how how long that takes. So my Instagram story tomorrow is going to be just me hopping (laughs) like I've had inspiration. But but I I do get that. I, I think that's interesting, isn't it? That like you'd never... You know, you you sometimes say to someone like, oh, when you run, you're quite kind of heavy footed. You can really pound in the oh, pavement. Yeah, yeah. And that's not such a conscious thing. But it is the idea of, well, you when when you go into athlete mode, yes. you activate everything. And yes. when that runner goes into athlete mode, that's yes. not what they do. But you kind of don't know or not so much. You don't know your body doesn't know the difference because you've trained it to be. Yes, 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 yes. A certain type of. um yeah, I'm going to yeah. stick with athlete mode. That's my new. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to get a t-shirt for you, just saying you. athlete mode on. But yeah. you're quite right. What you've said is bang on. So the thing that we will notice all the time. So it's therapists will notice the harder the athlete drives their body, the harder it is for their body to relax. So I will oftentimes. So if you were a fly on the wall in clinic, you will oftentimes hear me saying to across the athlete that I'm treating, I'd be like, and relax, and relax your arm, and try and make it as heavy as possible. So I'm literally coaching, giving coaching cues to enable that individual to feel what it is like to relax. Because if I ask you to power clean or snatch or whatever it might be, any compound movement like that, it's not just one muscle. We're not just on the cable pulley machine now. We're asking every muscle in your body to work. So from the gripping the bar super hard, you've got the irradiation that comes all the way through your body. Everything is working. So where we've created that high neural drive, it's super hard to try and relax. But you try, so that creates stiffness, just like natural stiffness, because you are ready to go. So you try running when you've got this natural stiffness that you've created, it's tough it's hard so yeah you bang on with what you've just said I completely agree but that whole trying to relax thing it's really hard once you've trained your body not to be relaxed and I guess that's why you get things like um I'm gonna say you get things and this is very common and this will reveal probably more about myself than I than I (laughs) than I I want it to and maybe you'll be like that's not common you've got a huge issue here but it's like sometimes (laughs) I find when I'm running more I guess more often it happens probably if it's a run in a wad than it does like if I go for a run. Yeah. But occasionally I'll go for a run and I'll get super tight in my shoulders. Yeah. Like the running and I'll be like, what? and you, you kind of are thinking, well, hold on, running is lower body. Why is that messing up my shoulders? But it's that same thing, right? It's that just your, I mean, your, your athlete mode. So you've gone super tight everywhere and now mode. you're, and now you're running and, and yeah. that's, that's not the way to run basically. That's yeah. the problem. But there's, there is an element of, undoing so you know we were talking about the golf earlier about shacks and undoing the work that's done that's kind of what you end up with your shoulders when you're running so it's 
every time you do a movement, you kind of need to do the reverse to just reset. So oftentimes you'll have somebody that's had pain in their shoulder. And so they've had you know, traps pain or something like maybe pain in their neck, pain in their shoulder. And their shoulder just tends to rise because they're protecting it, they're guarding it, and they're trying to prevent that pain from happening. But the pain then goes, and yet the person continues to hold that posture. And they'll then come in for treatment, like maybe months later, and I'll treat them and they'll go afterwards and be like, oh my God, my shoulder, that's amazing. My neck feels so much longer or, oh, my shoulder feels like it's in the right place. But that's kind of what you're experiencing in the running ward. It will be something posturally that you have been doing regularly, or it will be something that you've had maybe as a result of a particularly hard handstand practice session that then results in you having this discomfort when you're running so then if you can reset that and I think this is something that from a CrossFit perspective we're not so good at is that doing the reverse to try and offset the stuff that we have done Um, but that's kind of the education piece that we do in clinic and at competitions to try and enable someone to get the best out of their body and not have that like funky shoulder pain whilst doing a run (laughs) so i mean you've talked of me being a fly on a wall in the clinic i can't help but feel like you've been a fly on the wall in some of my training sessions so (laughs) this is interesting and uh, and that that feeling of like oh wow that feels so much better you know great release now now i'm upset and the reason i'm upset is because i'd really like to feel that way but unfortunately I can't come and visit you at the moment because um, obviously yeah. Massage RX is is not got its doors open to people, at least the physical doors. So I, I can't walk in and, and, and get this treatment. And maybe people have been listening to this and thinking, oh, yeah, I really need to, yeah. to actually work on a lot of these things. Yeah. And that'd be really useful, really helpful. And then we're like, well, of course, you can't actually go because yeah. it's all closed. However, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying this to make everyone feel bad. I'm saying this because I know that you are still working. Yes. And there are still things people can do. Yes. Despite the the kind of the current climate. So maybe that would be a nice positive yeah. to, to end our discussion on. So what? So A, I guess, how are you still managing to kind of work in the in the yeah. current climate we're in and then be what are maybe a few tips that you could just generally obviously everyone is different but kind of general tips that would benefit the majority yeah okay so what that's a great question thank you um so what we're doing is we're doing um online biomechanical assessments so it's the stuff that we can really do and really do well now whilst we're out of the gym um, so I know that we're all doing our online wads and the lucky ones of us are still training. We've still got our kit, which is um, which is awesome. But this moment of almost masterly inactivity, we can use to reset our own movements. I'm doing online biomechanical assessments, doing functional movements, functional movement screening, and then giving sort of the remedial exercise and the corrective exercise to then allow you to... Um, Because if you repeatedly do the same movements in the gym, you're activating those muscles and your body is really super efficient at going, we will just take the the route of least least resistance. So if I can identify that you have sort of a a, a neuromuscular imbalance, so there is muscle groups that aren't working as well. So oftentimes we find that we have sort of an anterior dominance to our shoulders. So we can work to try and get our shoulders back and down, open up the chest to then reduce that sort of impingement syndrome feeling that you get 
it's those sorts of things that I'm we are working with people right now to make the like big buck differences when we get back into the gym but then it also continues once we're in the gym and then saying okay so now we've nailed these movements on a dynamic basis when we are pretty fresh but then my movement then breaks down again once I'm fatigued and so it's about sort of building that stuff up I'm doing a lot of those at the moment and that's that's amazing um and that is looking about those little minor things so like that um so 75 percent of us have movement dysfunction and so we might be moving really well but we have movement dysfunction unless somebody sort of stands by you and assesses you and says oh, that could be better um then you just never know until something starts hurting the one thing that I'd be saying like Oh, there's several things actually I'd be saying that we could be doing, all of us could be doing right now is just maximizing our recovery. So it's not what we're doing in the gym that counts. It's the stuff that we do outside the gym. So where we're doing our home wads, I'm seeing a number of people that are coming to me with like niggling injuries or niggling problems as a result of doing like three online wads a day, or they'll be doing a couple of things a day, because we now no longer need to leave our house. You have this ability to fit more into your schedule. And so the temptation is to be like, I have been sat at the desk for this amount of time, so I can do this, 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 and this. Um, but what we're not doing is we're not allowing ourselves as much downtime. So the one thing that I'm reminding people to do regularly is to do something that we touched on right at the beginning of this, this, this um, conversation, to do meditation, do relaxation and step away, get into some really good habits now, whilst we aren't racing from A to B as much maybe, but get in some really good habits about doing some meditation. So we know that everything we do in the gym is catabolic. So anything that's stressful with work is catabolic. Jim, when we're in the box and we've got the music going and we're working really super hard and we're high-fiving, no, we're not, not allowed to do that. Elbow tapping, our bestie that's over two metres away, they're not, not in any close distance at all. So, so you've got some really long elbows. Yeah, really, really <laughs> long elbows. Elbow gains, elbow gains. Um, so uh whilst we're doing that that's catabolic so we need to step away from that to be anabolic to grow to to adapt to to better ourselves and so i'm reiterating to people right now that a really super good thing to do is to get into good habits around your recovery so that would be the first thing. The other one would be getting into really good habits from a hydration perspective. So we know that from a muscle perspective, that if we are even one to two percent, like teeny tiny percentages dehydrated, that affects the way our muscle tissue is able to move and slide and glide. And so if you are a little bit dehydrated, then that's going to your body's super clever and it will just reroute fluid to your eyeballs, your lungs, your heart, your liver, your all these organs that require lots of fluid. So then you end up with patches of muscle tissue and subcutaneous tissue that just are dehydrated. Um, and that's like, if you imagine a, um, a natural sponge, you could imagine if I had a natural sponge, I could drip water into the, the center of the natural sponge and the edges of it would still be crispy and dry. 
that's kind of what your body is. So we can work during this lockdown period to get good hydration habits and just to see how that affects us because that's going to then reduce our injury risk. It's going to increase our sort of neural response because everything's kind of nice and fluidy. Um, and that would be a really good thing to do. And then just from a muscle tissue perspective, get good. If you've got something that's achy, stick your fingers and give it a good old sort of rub and a poke and move that joint around. So if you've got a sore shoulder, drop your fingers into your trap, move your neck around and have a go at trying to release that tissue yourself because you are the owner of your own body. And if you, if you rely on someone to treat you and you're not able to access that treatment at this point in time, get good at doing your own thing. See, just, yeah, see what happens and talk to other people and see what they do. Now, I like hearing you say that because I I do wonder how many times during our conversation today you have seen me stabbing my shoulder and moving my arm. So So. I've kept a tally here. You're on 406 at the moment. I suspect you have a problem with your left shoulder. (laughs) I mean, maybe. No one that ever works out with me will have ever heard me complain about it. I can tell you that much. (laughs) Oh, so stoic. (laughs) So, I mean, that's... That's, that's that's fascinating i've really enjoyed this i mean this has been one of our, our longer episodes oh, but i think sorry. there's a good reason why no 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 i think there's a good reason why because you, this has been you know, usually i quite often say to people like oh if you've stuck around to the end well done you okay but in this case i think that it would just got you know more and more interesting as we went along it's been a, a very you. fun and very informative episode so thank you very much for uh, giving us so much of your time oh, you're uh, sophie very, i know very you're welcome. super busy <laughs> I've got lots of walking to do. Yes. <laughs> hopping. I've got lots of hopping to do. And uh, and I would recommend that people obviously uh, maybe follow MassageRx on, on, on Instagram to see where, where you are and what you're doing. And um, there was a, a, a really interesting, um, like, uh, was it Inst- not Instagram Live? Um, yeah, it was an Instagram Live. Sorry, there's a, a thing you put up. Yeah, Reels. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was just sort of talking literally about like, okay, the doors are closed, but here's few things you could still do and stuff like that so i think uh, yeah that which is where the idea of come on the podcast came, came, from. <laughs> came yeah. along so that's really good but so thank you so much sophie uh thank you everyone for listening i'm sure you've all learned the very interesting things and we'll all be uh, working hard on our our self-care and our mobility and our you know trying to make ourselves as indestructible as possible for when we get back to the box perfect very soon very soon please. <laughs> que- question mark yeah. There we go. And see you all next week.